Hello, this is Anna Marie Boyd, and you are listening to Moved by Grace Counseling Radio. Hi, this is Anna Marie Boyd, and I'm a licensed professional counselor, a registered drama therapist, registered yoga teacher, and a PhD candidate in mind-body medicine with a specialization in integrative mental health. My podcast supplies nuggets of information regarding innovative and somatic approaches to mental health treatment. In just 10 minutes each episode, we typically learn about topics such as creative therapy, neuroscience and play, mind-body connection, and alternative approaches to psychotherapy. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into the topic of the day. And as you know, this season is all about emotion, self-esteem, and identity. So the topic for today enters into a territory that may not sound fun, but could be a key to your personal evolution. I would like you to think about some of your most treasured memories and or achievements. Maybe it was getting that first job, finishing a college degree, starting a college degree, leaving an unhealthy environment. Maybe a moment of rock star parenting or maybe a move to a new city. Now I want you to ask yourself if any of these moments and leaps of faith took place without negative emotions attached. I would venture to guess that the answer is no. (laughs) And if you have a story without that, I I would love to hear that. But when we're making adjustment to our lives... The tendency is to examine the negative and that becomes much more likely than recognizing the potential of what we are striving towards. These are the ways our brains operate. (laughs) Now I want to give some credit to our precious brains. These thoughts and emotions exist as a proponent to ensure safety, right? Both physically and emotionally. But the more that we try and stay comfortable the less we are able to experience growth and change. Now, if you're a nerd like me, I really like graphs, and there is what's called the anxiety avoidance cycle. Google this, it's really interesting. It's kind of this concept of, okay, maybe we have been seeking to have more social interaction with friends and family. The day comes, Ooh, it feels a lot better to stay on the couch and eat ice cream. Not that that's a bad thing, but this is an easy cycle to get trapped into where we challenge ourselves less. And so while this might be comforting in the moment, we potentially lose out on really meaningful interactions. And if this becomes a pattern, it can become uh, more intrusive to the way that we live our lives. It can become patterns. Now, personally, if you know me, (laughs) I identify as a dreamer. I find a lot of meaning in furthering my education, learning, finding ways to evolve, being curious, and change. And while this is great, this doesn't always speak to the general population of where we find our meaning. And I also don't believe that there are high rates of complete contentment within the general population. So where are we getting stuck? Now, there's a lot of skepticism in neuroscience to suggest how many thoughts on average a person has in a day. Y'all, estimations 
from research range from 6,000 to 70,000. <laughs> so as you can imagine, we still have a long way to go in determining this data and what that actually means, whether it's voluntary thoughts, involuntary thoughts, there's a lot that goes into play. But with that said, human being have human beings have what's called automatic negative thoughts. And there is overwhelming evidence to suggest that our pessimistic thought life is significantly higher than our thoughts of hope or optimism. Another aspect of our thought life is the fact that a majority of our thoughts are repetitive. So if I wake up and think my job is stressful and I don't feel like anyone understands me, that's a thought that is likely to repeat itself. Now, again, this is layered. If you work in an environment where that's the case, that continues to feed into that thought loop. But when we have these thoughts, every single time we have a thought, our brain chemistry is altered. And over time, and with repetition, these thoughts can create neural pathways and truly lead to our reality. So if I continue to feed this thought without any action or change, there's no space for change or growth and feelings of helplessness and hopelessness can arise. So cognitive behavioral therapy speaks to many of the cognitive distortions that can impact our belief system relational ability, and general patterns of processing stress in our lives. We all have stress in our lives. We always will have stress in our lives. Uh, refer back to episode 12 of season one, where we, I actually, I say we, I took a deep dive into distorted thought patterns or uh, cognitive distortions. So just to recap a few, this list includes things like black and white, white thinking, right? Like things have to be one way or nothing, um, catastrophizing, thinking about the worst case scenario and preparing for that, blaming others for our situations or feelings, or living with the mindset of this bad thing could happen, or this is how life should happen. But that's another conversation for another day, another podcast. The point I'm getting at is that our thoughts arise within our minds, and that is a true reality, right? When we have a feeling, you are having that feeling. And while that feeling is valid and real, our thoughts around our perspectives can be shaped by our own developed neural pathways. So essentially, I'm saying that we have a lot of we have a big role in the way that our brain processes and understands information. I mean, I feel like this is a caveat to every episode that I do, but things like trauma can significantly impact our neural pathways. And that is not the victim's fault. That is not their fault, but it does become our responsibility to heal if we are seeking change or growth. The brain has an incredible capacity to change and encounter new information, to create new neural pathways. And if there are areas in your life where you're feeling unfulfilled and stuck, I want you to take some time, and here we go, sit with that discomfort. 
like lights on your car engine dash, our emotions are key to better understanding ourselves and how we are experiencing our lives. Now, this is something that I preach in counseling. This is something that I work on personally, daily, and that allows us to understand in order to know options to which you can proceed. I can imagine you're thinking, really, Anna? Yes. Sitting with the uncomfortable emotions you are experiencing. Now, this gets really uncomfortable when there's the possibility that maybe we are the ones getting in the way of our desires. And while that can be uncomfortable, that gives us an opportunity, right? So I want to add a personal example of my resistance to sit with uncomfortable emotions and how it actually led to my freedom in this moment. And again, I know that this is a small example, but I use it a lot. I reflect back on it a lot because it was really impactful for me. But I remember my husband and I had just finished a long day of work. Both of us had a pretty full day and it was a Friday night. We're in a new city. Don't really know anybody here. And I remember feeling so on edge of we got to do something. Let's get out of the house. Let's go eat. Let's walk the dog. And in that moment, I felt the anxiety. I acknowledged the anxiety and I took a moment and I sat and I processed with my husband and we came to the conclusion of oh my goodness what I'm feeling right now what I'm resisting is loneliness yes I know we're together but there was this unease about the fact that we weren't around family or friends right and so maybe this feeling of not belonging and honestly in this moment it led to such laughter because we were able to really express humor around the fact that this was out of our control. This is a really human experience and it's not so bad. We don't have to fill the time. It's actually okay to feel lonely. It makes sense, right? So right here is an example of how my body and mind were communicating and I was resisting listening to them or trying to understand them. But when I gave them the opportunity, oh my gosh, it led to so much freedom and really permission to feel the way that I, and I, you know, speak for him too, were feeling in that moment. Now on a larger scale, I would also like you to think about this. If you personally could do anything in the world today, and you were unlimited by responsibilities, finances, family, what would that be? Maybe it is fishing, rescuing animals, painting, whatever it is for you picture that. Now ask yourself, what is in the way of you cultivating more of that into your life? More of you into your life? And I can assume maybe your mind is going to, I'm a full-time parent, Anna, or I work six jobs. But cumulatively, are there ways to incorporate more of who you are into your everyday life? Even if that means five minutes a day, y'all. If you take anything away from this episode, I hope you can see the opportunity in your uncomfortable emotions, in your discomfort. If it is resentment that you're experiencing, where can you help to improve your relationships? How can you change? If it's loneliness, how can you feel more connected? 
If it's hopelessness, are there people in your life that provide hope or are inspiring to you? Listen, respond accordingly, and allow change, allow growth. Sure, sometimes we get it right, and other times we get it really wrong. And y'all, that is the beauty of the human experience. I want to just end the episode by sharing a resource with you that I found pretty amazing and inspiring. Um, There's a man by the name of Johnny Crowder, and he's an advocate for changing the context of our brains. He has a really incredible testimony and story, but with the notion that there's no one who can do this work for us. It's our responsibility as a human. And he has a, it's an application on the phone or a website called Cope Notes. And it might sound really simple, but you sign up for the subscription. I think you get like a free trial if you want to just try it out. But every single day you get hopeful text messages. And the concept is kind of increasing your atmosphere to change your brain. So the more that we offer opportunity for moments of hope or redirecting our brains, the more that we can aid in changing those neural pathways. So I hope that this has been interesting for you. If you have any thoughts, questions, concerns, feel free to reach out to me. And otherwise, y'all, I am so freaking pumped uh, to introduce you to our next season where we are going to have really incredible women of power sharing their stories, women of all different backgrounds and job titles and stories and experiences. So if you're interested in that, stay tuned as we launch in January. But other than that, we will continue down this road of self-esteem, emotion, and identity. And it has been a pleasure.